Uh, there's already a bit yellow blood in my in my veins. Already had a crazy 18 months here, but it just keeps on uh, keeps on going. Welcome to All in Yellow, the official Norwich City podcast. Tukey! Sensational! Who else? Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the All in Yellow podcast. Today we have a young woman born in Norfolk who's flown the nest to become one of England's brightest footballing prospects. It's Manchester City and England's Lauren Hemp. Well, Lauren came through the foundation here at the football club through our development programme before joining Bristol City and now Manchester City. We're looking forward to learning more about her story and how she became a two-time PFA Women's Young Player of the Year. But before we get started, make sure you subscribe to the All in Yellow podcast as we aim to bring the best Norwich City insight out there. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, just search All in Yellow, and we're also on the Norwich City YouTube channel if you prefer your podcast in visual form. So let's get cracking. The latest episode of All in Yellow is with today's guest, Lauren Hemp. Lauren, great to see you today. Thank you so much for joining us on All in Yellow. How are you and how are you finding this latest lockdown? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. And I hope you are as well. Obviously, it's a bit annoying at the moment with all the lockdowns and obviously we've just come out of one and we're back in one again. But I think obviously it's important that everyone's staying safe and doing the right things and that we can hopefully get back to a more normal world as as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we're not too far away from from some kind of normality. But I want to start by taking you right back to the very beginning. You were born in North Walsham, weren't you? Just tell us about your childhood memories. Yeah, so obviously I was born in in Norwich Hospital and I lived in North Walsham and obviously grew up with both my parents and my sister. And I think I was first interested in football back when my sister was interested because she she first um, started playing football and I sort of followed in her footsteps really a couple of years later because she was a couple of years older than me so started everything a bit before me and I think I just wanted to be like her so I think that's what um, first like started me out into playing football and I think it was originally my granddad who watched me watch me play and um out in the back garden with my sister and he was like I, I think I have some potential so yeah I think it all really started from there so that was like some of my main childhood memories like of first playing football well Lauren I don't know I've seen you play football because I work with the foundation so when you first came in into the center of excellence your name was uh, constantly going around the offices have you seen what lauren hemp's done this week have you seen what lauren hemp's done this week so i think uh, them spotting your potential early i think they were bang on with that one H- yeah, how did I actually you didn't, i actually didn't get um when i first trialed i didn't get in the first time round yeah who, who was responsible for that let me I'm know i will find sure. out <laughs> how did you find that though how like, how was it did it obviously that was a knockback but did it spur you on even more yeah, so I think that was probably like my first sort of knock back, I guess, setback in my career. And um, obviously I had to experience that quite young and I had to watch my sister like get in. Um, I think that was her like second year running that she'd got in and, and I was left having to do the PDC. And obviously it went too bad, but I'd rather have been in the centre of excellence. And obviously um, it was quite sad for me, but I mean, that did just spur me on to sort of work even harder to then come back next year and and get in which which I did but I had to then spend another year at, at my local boys team but I mean I guess everything happens for a reason and and there was obviously a reason for me to not get in and I think that just helped me sort of drive me even harder to want to want to get in next year. 
what was it like playing in a boys team was that North Walsham yeah so it was North Walsham boys um football club and it, it was good and I think it was a good start to my career because it definitely helped me physically um to be more stronger and I think that's one of the attributes I have now in my game is is being strong and being able to hold off people on the ball and and I think that sort of stems back from when I when I used to play in a boys team because not only did I have to play in one um before I joined the centre of excellence after when it got closed down I went back to back to North Horsham and, and played for the boys team for another year at under 16s and I think that also helped me as well because obviously they're a lot bigger and stronger than and what females are. So I think that's definitely helped me um, in some of the attributes that I have now as a footballer. So Lauren, when you did get, someone finally got it right and said, yeah, we'll have her for the Girls' Centre of Excellence. Um, what was it you noticed about the environment that was created for you there that helped you progress as a footballer? Um, I think one thing that I enjoy about being a footballer is the social side. So it's being involved in a team and you obviously go through everything together, winning and losing and things like that. And I think that was one of the main things that I enjoyed about Norwich City Centre of Excellence. There was lots of different age groups, right from under 10s up to under 17s. And, and it was nice to be involved in like getting to know different people and always seeing a new face around the club and things like that like a few times I got to train up with like a older age group so it was nice to then meet new people sort of speak to them as well and everyone's got a different story and I think that's one of the main things that I enjoyed about being part of a team. Well that that social skills that you mentioned there now I hope you don't mind me embarrassing you but when I was doing some digging around and talking to people that knew you in the Girls Centre of Excellence they said that Lauren Hemp was a brilliant footballer but perhaps a little bit shy to start with. Do you think that being involved in that environment helped you for what was to come in your career? Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, I'm still probably not the most confident person that people have met. And I think that's what sort of makes me the person that I am. Like I say, I'm quite humble. Like I'm quietly confident. Like I know in myself that I can, that I can achieve things and that I can do well. And, but I sort of, sort of like not let it show and be overconfident, things like that. So I think, sort of being quiet and, and things like that like isn't such a bad thing like I still got on with a lot of the girls and like it's it's helped me with my social side like as I've grown up like I've met a load of new people where I've where I've like where I've had to socialize and obviously meeting the England captain for the first time like they're things that like I was just sort of taken back and like not as confident as I was to certain people. But I think definitely being involved in football and meeting as many people as I have, that it has helped me improve my social skills. And it is something that I want to keep working on because I want to be more confident in myself and and more open. But I think me as a person, like I am quite quiet and humble, which which I'm happy about. Like I don't mind it. And you certainly don't like the confidence on the pitch. I mean, you've talked about some of your attributes there. And I remember reading Nick Cushing, you know, his glowing reviews when you when you moved to Manchester City, which we'll obviously come on to in a little while. But you've talked a lot about the support from your parents. How crucial has that been in keeping you grounded and, and remembering where you came from, in a sense? Yeah, definitely. Like the support from them has been vital for me. Like when I was younger, they were always uh, taking me to training coming to watch my games, always supporting me, always watching from the side. And it's nice to, to know that they're supporting me and wanting to achieve big things. And 
they keep pushing me like my dad's so interested in the football and he's always criticizing things that I've done and that and like obviously I'd rather him say all the positive things but he's obviously got those things he wants to say and and it's nice that they're so supportive of me and wanting to push me to to be the best I can and not only am I doing it for myself but I'd also like to make my family proud and I think they've reminded me loads of times that that's what I'm doing so it's nice for them to have something to do as well and I know that my nan watches the games as well and it sort of brightens up a Sunday afternoon so it's nice to know that I'm making people smile by doing something that I love doing. Mm. They, everyone who, who knew you here at Norwich, they always talk about what a brilliant support network you've got and how wonderful your family are. Um, they don't like to take too much credit for the Lauren Hemp uh, on the pitch now, but what would you say your coaches have done for you in the early stages of your game as well? Uh, yeah, I think they've been, they were really supportive as well. Like it's not only my family, but it's the people who are coaching me, my teammates, like they've all been supportive and, they've helped me in my initial stages of development. I, they've sort of given me the freedom and the confidence to sort of start running at players, taking people on, like they've been sort of pushing me and wanting me to do that. And that was important at an early age, because if I didn't have that, then I wouldn't have as much confidence as I did, like I have now going into games and, and things like that. So that was important from like a young age to sort of start that development, I guess. And, like I remember obviously as much as I hate to say it like when I used to go away on tours like I literally couldn't get to sleep because I was so homesick and things like that and just it's just the little things that help like I knew they were always there for me like they, they stayed up till about 1am until I could get to sleep like it's things like that that not only the football side but the side away from that as well that's definitely helped me into the more confident sort of free player that I am. Yeah, it's so, it's so nice to hear all that family support you had. And you were so young as well, weren't you, when you initially got into football? I think, were you eight when you joined the uh, the Centre of Excellence? Yeah, it was something like that. I think eight or nine. Um, but obviously I'd started playing a couple of years earlier for, for a boys team. But like it's always been football, really. Like I've, I've never sort of... I obviously have played other sports and tried different things. And I did have a big passion for cricket as well. And and up until the age of 16, I was like balancing them both. So it was like quite tough to do that. But I've always been a sports person and I've not really like found an interest in many other things than that. When did you know football would come over cricket? Well, I've sort of, I've always thought about this question and it's like quite hard to explain because you, you never really know when, unless you're sort of, juggling them both and I was actually all right at cricket as well and it wasn't until I sort of committed myself to Bristol playing football that I thought oh I'm not actually going to be able to play cricket anymore and it's, it's I'm not going to be able to do both so I think it wasn't until like I committed myself with the football that I realized oh it's actually the cricket that I'm not going to be able to do anymore but like I still enjoy watching it and would go back home and go to the nets and play a bit as well um but it's just unfortunate that I obviously can't carry on doing both because football's now like a whole year round sort of thing obviously not everyone Lauren gets the opportunity that you've had to go on and play football as a career some of the other girls that were in the, the center of excellence with you are still involved in the game how do you think that being in that environment has helped them with their progression away from a career in the game you know, as a professional player yeah, I think I've, I've seen on like social media, like I follow 
all the Norwich platforms and it's nice to see that there's some girls that I've played with who are now onto coaching roles and, and things like that and like it just sort of like I'd like to be a coach when I'm older once I finish playing football and it's nice to see that they've started that early because obviously when you're involved in the game you know what's going on you know you can see things that other people can't see and so that's why you see a lot of footballers now turn coaches and like it's good to see that also Norwich are putting trust in them from seeing at them seeing them play um as a player then putting trust in them to then go on to be a coach at such an early age like it's nice to see and it's it's nice to know that that's happening in my hometown yeah and you say you obviously follow the careers of people from Norwich but I have to ask are you a Norwich fan uh yeah I am <laughs> were you born up as brought up as a Norwich fan with your family as well yeah so my mum's probably less of a football fan than what my dad and my sister was but they were sort of proper keen in it before I started playing. And then obviously when I started playing, like I've always been a Norwich City fan. Like I hate like even when Man City are on the TV, obviously I'd love them to do as well as, as what Norwich are doing. But obviously it's my hometown and I'd, I'd, I'd love to see them do well. And it's nice to see that, that they are doing well. And it's just a shame that they're obviously in the championship now, but they're doing so well in the league that hopefully they'll be straight back up to the Prem anytime soon. What got you to fall in love with Norwich City, Lauren? What are your earliest memories of watching the Canaries? Um, well, one of the memories that I'll always be disappointed that I didn't fully experience was when um, Norwich went to Wembley and played in the uh, championship playoff. You know, uh, I think it was against Middlesbrough. My sister and my dad, no, my sister and her friends went, but I was just really disappointed that I couldn't go. I think I was on an England camp at the time. And it sort of fell at the same time, but but I was gonna, I was well excited to go and see that, but sadly I couldn't. Um, it was a good enough reason to miss it, though, Lauren. If you were in an England camp, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good excuse. Um, but but no, um, I've always like gone and watched the games when I can, and at the moment, obviously I can't. But in the past years, when I've come home for Christmas and during the summer, like I've tried to get to the Norwich games as much as possible. Like I do enjoy watching them and, and they play really good football and it's nice to see. And obviously a few players that stand out for me was, uh, I enjoy watching Wes Hoonham when he was at the club. He's sort of a creative player and one that I try and sort of show in my game. And also when James Madison was here, Obviously, he's doing really good things at Leicester at the moment, but it was nice when he was in the team. Like, It's good to see the players come through and obviously now playing for some Premier League teams, but hopefully Norwich will be back up there where they belong. Yeah, Who else do you model your game on then? Um, probably in the female game. I try and look at female role models, um, such as there's Kelly Smith, who was an Arsenal legend. Um, a lot of the girls in my team, like it's crazy to think that I'm now playing with a lot of England senior internationals, for example, the likes of Jill Scott, Steph Horton, like it's it's crazy that, that I'm playing in a team now with them, even though I looked up to them when I was younger. So it's those type of people that I look up to and also being in the team with them, like I see what they do outside of training like what they eat, how they prepare for matches, how they prepare for training. And it's nice to see that every day because it sort of rubs off on, on me a bit and it's like sort of helps me in, in my preparation and think what can I do better to be like them or achieve things like they have done. 
I was just going to say, you've beaten players to, to the Young Player of the Year award twice. You're the current Young Player of the Year, aren't you? That must be special. Yeah, definitely. I mean, sometimes it's nicer to win an award from teammates and players who you've played against to have picked you for this award. And I was pretty shocked to win it this year, let alone when I won it in Bristol, because I thought no one even knew of me. And it's nice to be recognised by players who have not only concentrating on their game but can also see that you are a threat and and you can play football and it's, it's nice to pick up little trophies like that well, obviously not little trophies little trophies. trophies like that <laughs> but obviously like the main goal is to win trophies leagues championships with my team and it's nice to win individual trophies like that along the way she did. She did say she was humble, Alice. So yeah, when she, when she <laughs> plays it down, just a bit. small trophy. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I'd love to win it again, though. <laughs> oh no, yeah, definitely. And we fully <laughs> expect it, Lauren. But you've you've reeled off some absolutely mammoth names in the game of football there that now you rub shoulders with. Obviously, at, at a distance at the moment. But you know, these guys are are your teammates, and these are people who you grew up watching. You must have to pinch yourself. Are they, have they been brilliantly welcoming? Do they put an arm around you? Yeah, definitely. Like taking it back to when I used to play at Bristol, like when I come up against the people in the Man City team and the Chelsea team, Karen Carney, people like that, like legends that I've watched on TV in World Cups. Like it was crazy to think, oh my God, I've just been on a pitch with them. Oh my God, I've just tackled one of them. I'm better than them. <laughs> like that's that's what you think when you've tackled them once and yeah, you get ahead of yourself. But like it was pretty surreal. I've kind of only just started to get used to playing against like people, top players like that. And obviously now at City, we're like, we're sort of um, bringing in Americans like Sam Mewis, Roosevelt, people like that who have just won a gold medal at a World Cup. Like it's crazy to think like the people that you come, ag- come up against, who you play with and like I said earlier, when it comes down to social skills, things like that, it's the people you meet along the way that sort of makes the journey what it is. And it's nice to be able to experience it now alongside these players instead of against them and losing about 10 nil. Well, you, you talk about the journey and you've obviously really put the hard graft in to get where you are now. Just talk us through how you came to become professional and when you knew that Bristol were interested. Yeah, so I sort of had a thought of what clubs to go to. Um, as I was coming to the end of my sort of journey as a Norwich City Centre of Excellence player. And one of the girls in the older older age group, Flo Allen, she first went to Bristol. Um, and I sort of spoke to her about the journey and how she's finding it and things like that. And she really like encouraged me that it like it was a good option and that she she loved being there and enjoying the environment, like it was fantastic like the facilities they had the college alongside the play-in so when you're not at college you're playing football and it was all on the same sort of campus and it just sounded pretty amazing like I also went to have a look had a look at Notts County and I went to a couple of other places but I think when I went to Bristol like everything just fit into place when as soon as I went there like I actually stayed with Flo and a couple of other girls um in a host family for a couple of years while I studied college and then alongside the football and firstly it was me playing in the development squad which is the one below the first team and then while doing this alongside college and then it wasn't long before um, Willie Kirk who was the manager at the time said like 
we'd be interested in you training full-time with us while doing your college as well and it was hard to sort of balance the two because a lot of the girls were doing the devs and then the um, college whereas I sometimes have first team training while missing college and sort of had to pick up um, sort of on the work and me and Flo were obviously doing the same and it was nice having someone back from home who we then sort of we shared lifts going well I didn't share lifts because I couldn't drive at the time but she drove me back home like now and again and it was nice to sort of have someone um from Norwich who'd done the journey with me also Amy Palmer who's still there now who's gone back to sign with them like she was doing that as well so it was nice to have sort of like a group of us who come from Norwich who were now at Bristol sort of carrying on our, on our careers as hopefully a professional footballer. That's quite a little hotbed of talent there that's come out of Norwich and the Girls' Centre of Excellence had to be restructured in 2015 and I remember at the time the FA said it's because of the, there's not enough talent in Norwich. Or Norfolk. Yeah I think obviously there's a lot of talent that have come from Norwich and there's Flo, Amy, Beth and Rowe as well who's obviously at Brighton now and so there's a lot of girls who have gone on to be successful in professional football and obviously we've had to find a way. It was hard to obviously leave home at 16. That was one of the sacrifices I had to make. And it's sad that girls have to do that from the area that we come from to sort of pursue a career in football. But um, I think sort of doing that, like that's a sacrifice I've had to make and that's helped a lot with my independence, sort of doing things on my own. So I'm now used to being away from home and obviously the other girls have done that as well. And it's nice to see that even though we did get shut down, that a lot of the girls have carried on trying to pursue a career in professional football. And and it's, it's nice to see that Norwich weren't like, right, that's it then. Like we've been shut down as a centre of excellence. We're not going to do anything else like, there was different opportunities, different options that the girls could go down. And obviously now there's a, a development process in place that can help girls achieve what they want to do at Norwich. And then and, and Norwich to Bristol is quite a journey, Lauren. I, you, you said that you were a little bit homesick. Was it true your parents were on the phone most nights? Did they get to come and visit at all? Yeah, so I, I still face some of my parents most nights. Um, so it's nice to see what they've done during the day and... They asked me what I've been doing and it's nice to sort of have that because obviously leaving at such a young age, like I've missed out on quite a few years of being around my family, sort of seeing them every day. So it's nice to do that. And and so, yeah, it's obviously it's nice to sort of stay. Obviously, I'm not I'm not away. Like I'm still part of my family. Um, so it's nice to speak to them every day and sort of stay connected. Were they there for your debut? Because you scored, didn't you, on your debut for Bristol City? Was it again? They're going to hate me if I say no, and they were. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they were. Not for my debut, but they've definitely been to a few games. Because obviously, like you said, it's about a five-hour trip to get to Bristol. And it's the same to Manchester as well. So, I mean, I don't... They probably think, for God's sake, which club are you going to go to next with a journey that's so long? Um... But yeah, they are literally at opposite ends of the country and it's hard for them to get to games. And at the time um, at Bristol, my mum wasn't very well, so it was hard for her to come to the games and for my parents too. So um, I think 
obviously they come to as many as they can but it is a massive journey and they do have work commitments so reaping rewards isn't it so that must make them very very proud as well yeah and it's good as well because the growth of women's football like the games are now on tv uh bbc the fa player which is an app on the website that you can get like the games are streamed on there so they don't necessarily have to be at the game for me to know they're supporting from afar and and they're watching the game like I know my dad will definitely be watching all the games and like I said my nan also so it's nice for that for them to have something to watch like because obviously a few years ago five ten years ago that they weren't on tv like people couldn't watch it unless you actually went to the game so it's it's nice for that now so that they don't necessarily have to be there and make that five hour trip to to get there you said lauren when you were away at bristol your mom wasn't very well and i, and I remember this but she smashed out some fundraising i think with your help as well so she's done brilliantly there is that right yeah definitely i don't obviously don't want to take any credit for it but um she done fantastically well she um cycled 300 miles i think it was um for obviously breast cancer research and yeah she raised over 1000 something like that um sorry it's not off the top of my head but i know she she done really well and i'm really proud of her and it's nice that people have supported her and 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 given money to her and a lot of the people i know as well from sort of city supporters is what man city supporters and people from back home as well who have been fortunate enough to sort of give money and donate and it's obviously to an amazing course cause and she's done really well and i'm really proud of her for doing that because obviously she's been through a hard time and she's now out the other side of it and wanting to give something back to the amazing doctors and nurses that helped her that's really good to hear that, that she's she's doing really well. And, and your mum was was obviously really proud when Man City came calling. I remember hearing that, didn't she say, right, I'm going to have to have to, you know, call and check that this is this is real. And of course it was real. How did that all come about? Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing, really. Um, so someone called me. Um, I'm not sure now who it was, but they was like, oh, Man City are interested. I thought this is like some cold caller, someone who's like, randomly found my number and picked the best team in the league to say that they're interested in me and I was like um to my mom and dad I was like yeah someone just called me to sort of say that Man City were interested and they was like are you sure um and then I think my mum called like got Nick Cushing's number I don't know how she got it but she called him and was like um hi uh someone's rang lauren and said that you're interested i didn't think it was true um is it and he basically said yeah and i didn't know that she was doing this call but now looking back at it i'm quite embarrassed about it but yeah and he was like um yeah it's true like we are interested and and we'd like to speak to lauren so yeah i think they're pretty shocked about it but obviously all worked out well in the end and how has mum's career as a football agent progressed <laughs> since then, Lauren? Um, she's not had anyone else come to her and <laughs> ask them to be their agent, but you never know. She wears my jacket a lot on dog walks, so I think she thinks she's some sort of England city agent sort of waiting for her first call-up. That is amazing. And obviously, so you moved move to City. What was that like, having the move up from, from Bristol City to Manchester City, one of the biggest clubs in England? How did that feel? Yeah, it was pretty incredible, really. Like I went to see their facilities with my mum and dad and sort of sign and 
do all the photos and stuff and it was it was unbelievable like the ground the training facilities like even the car park like the whole thing was just in one area and there's like this bridge that goes over to where the Etihad is and where the men's play and the men's train where we do as well so it, like the facilities are unbelievable and it's sort of an opportunity that I couldn't turn down like the caliber of players as well England internationals like every player pretty much is now senior international at our club so it's pretty incredible like the players that we do have and the players we are attracting from the likes of America places like that who want to come to the WSL and play and so yeah it was an opportunity I couldn't turn down and I knew that I was going to improve if I went here so it was sort of a, I couldn't say no really. Just tell us a little bit more Lauren about how Man City have incorporated the women's team and the men's team like you said using the same facilities it takes a lot of investment and a lot of ambition to achieve something like that doesn't it? Yeah definitely it's, it's not only that as well like the social media side like the men and the women sort of have the same social media platform which is really good because like not only are we attracting the men's like we're not only attracting people who'd only watch the women's game like it's also the men's game as well who see this and see how the women are getting on so we have sort of like the same city same passion thing and there's always reminders on on socials that sort of we are one club and and we're all in this together really and it's nice to see the support from millions of people who who are seeing what we do and having that same social media platform helps with that because it attracts a lot more followers. What's been your best moment so far playing for Manchester City? Am I right in thinking you hadn't been to Wembley before and then you scored at Wembley? Yeah uh, so yeah like you said I hadn't been there before so it sort of made that even more special. Um yeah so we were playing West Ham in FA Cup final and like, I didn't even expect to come on really like um, I was pretty nervous and I was there sort of tapping my legs away sort of really nervous if I was going to play and I came on for the last 15 minutes and yeah five minutes later I scored and it, it was an incredible feeling like I just thought oh, just go on here and enjoy yourself and like express express yourself because there was 40,000 people there like I'd never experienced anything like that and I thought just do what you normally do you're here for a reason you've been asked to play because they they believe in you and sort of give it everything you got and and I did and I had a few chances on goal I actually hit the post again so I nearly scored two and it was pretty incredible really it was, that's probably been the highlight so far at City like, I'm hoping for Champions League medals and things like that so hopefully that's something to look forward to but having that already sort of gives me a good platform to work from really. Yeah I think Lauren at 20 years old is that right? Yeah. Is it 20? Yeah 20 years old to say right I've scored in the Women's Super League yeah okay I've scored in the FA Cup final brilliant I think you've ticked off a Champions League goal as well have you done that as well? Yeah. So you really have now got to be setting the bar as high as it can possibly go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got long-term career goals that, like, obviously people only dream of and I'd love to get there. And I think anything's possible, really, if you believe in yourself, trust the process and do everything you can to make yourself a better player. And obviously I've got Young Player of the Year, PFA Young Player of the Year, like, twice already, which no one's done before. And I'd love to win it again. I've still got a couple of years to do that. And I think... I like setting myself goals that 
seem too far away for people but I know in myself that like if I work hard then I can achieve whatever I want to do and like like I've said I want to win Champions League medals and it's going to take a lot from the team but I, I do believe that we can do it and like it's sort of dreaming of the impossible that I sort of like people say that I'm fearless and like I do believe that in a sense because I know that like if you work hard you can achieve what you want to do. And Lauren, you talk about that FA Cup final there. That was, I think, 43,000 fans to watch you. Where do you see the growth of the women's game going from here? It's pretty, like, mad to think how much it can grow, like, in the space of two, three years. Like, it's come on leaps and bounds. Like, when I first went to Bristol, it was still, like, only 1,000, 2,000 fans coming to some people's games. It weren't everyone's game. Like, not everything was on TV um, being able to be watched and it was like two three years and then suddenly it's now 40,000 fans Wembley finals like people would could only dream of going to Wembley um, like a few years back like some people some people older than me had only experienced Wembley at the time I did like it's crazy to think that I'm sort of in my prime year years um, where the game is growing and it's growing rapidly and hopefully it will only like increase and, and quite quickly and hopefully like at some point we can some point in the future it'd be amazing if we were on par with the men's game and obviously hopefully it'll get to that point one day. I suppose it's not just the exposure that's blown up over, over the last few years the game must be a different game from 10 years ago that the level you know with access to the training facilities like you've got access to the standard of that women's super league must be incredible to play in now yeah definitely obviously I've only been in it for two three years but the two three years that I've been in it like the standard's been like unbelievable like you come up against world-class players every single uh every single week like I come up against them every single day and like it's not only that it's behind the scenes the staff the players like we have about 30 players at the club who are all fighting for a position like who are all good enough to play we have staff of plenty who's also 20 30 people who are behind the scenes doing different jobs trying to improve us all as much as they can and like you wouldn't think that there'd be that many like three four years ago and like the game is changing and and it's great to see and it it just makes you think like what what can actually get better in the next four or five years and and what's it going to look like like what stadiums are we going to be playing at what like what are things going to look like in the future but what you say there you talk about the the staff and the setup that you've got there'll probably be people that watch this and go well hang on a minute why can't Norwich City women have that straight away but that kind of paints a picture of the level of investment that's needed and perhaps the time it takes and while Norwich City uh, have you know the relationship with Norwich City women is now getting better the exposure is getting better it will take time to, to develop that relationship and, and build Norwich City women's profile as well. Yeah definitely like nothing happens overnight and it's a long process like Man City started five six years ago or whenever it was with the women's team and and it wasn't like that at the start it's only grown and developed into like how it is now an unbelievable place where people would love to come and like it just shows how fortunate we are in a, in a position like this to to have the facilities like we do the people that we do and it's not the same for every club but it's something that 
like it takes time and it does take a while for people to get to that stage and hopefully it won't be long before Norwich before other teams sort of get to that level as well and the women's game is, as you say, becoming ever more competitive and, and no more so than, than at international level as well. You're obviously playing for England. Just tell us about how your, your international cap first came about. Yeah, so originally I was only meant to be going as a training player. I went with, with this other girl as well. And Is that the She, she Believes Cup? Um, no, this was in, well, basically the She Believes Cup was that February where I went as a training player and then in October that year I went um as a training player again um to a fixture camp and yeah they were basically saying like you're just going as a training player and then suddenly someone dropped out injured and one morning I just walked to practice and Phil walked past me and was like you're in the squad for tomorrow's game and I was like what and he was like yeah you're in the squad um so I was like okay and I was like I think to myself God Lauren compose yourself and like I was pretty nervous to be honest um and then yeah so the game came about and uh, there was about 10-15 minutes to go and Phil was like Lauren go get ready and that's sort of when you know that you've got to get ready to come on basically and like I was literally there shaking like so nervous to come on and then sort of I got given my opportunity and it's sort of like the same for the FA Cup final I just thought like give it your best shot do what you do at club um, be fearless and things like that and yeah it was incredible like I had a go at running at players I had a couple of shots as well and I just thought like this is where I want to be this is what I want to be doing every every other month with the England squad so that sort of gave me the drive and it gave me a little taster as to where I want to be in the future and, and be there quickly. It seems like you have such an ability to just drown out the noise as well. I love that. Where does that come from? I don't know, really. Like, I, like people always ask me, like, do I get nervous before games? And, and like I do, I get really nervous. Well, I'm probably more nervous than half the squad. But I think as soon as I step on that pitch, like, it, my nerves just go and I, I just become confident. I sort of take away everything because I'm, like, quite, like, I like simple things, like, people telling me things but in like the simplest term possible so like I think of like three simple things of what I want to achieve in the game and so that might be run at that player 10 times take four shots whatever it might be like and I only think of them like I take everything else away from the game and just focus on that I sort of don't think about the occasion or where I'm playing what I'm doing whether it's mainland debut or an FA Cup final I just sort of take that all away and, and focus on what I'm doing to get the best possible self. That is incredible clarity of thought for a 20-year-old. I'm, I'm, my mind is blown by that. Lauren, do you think that is that something, that ability to focus like that, do you see that in your, your peers and your fellow players? Are you all unique like that? Is that what sets you apart to, to mere mortals like us? <laughs> um, I think so. Like, whenever I look around the changing room, everyone's doing their own thing, like preparing however they need to prepare. And everyone's got that process of what they want to do before the game, like how they're going to best prepare, whether that's visualising the game, whether that's putting one sock on before the other, like it all depends, like varied on the player. And like we've only got, we've each got our routine. And I think that comes from obviously experience. Like I haven't got as much experience as like 
half the people in the changing room, but like they've done the same thing for 10 years leading up to a game. They've played in World Cup finals, semi-finals, Champions League games. So I think obviously they all get nervous, but they know how to deal with it. And I think I'm starting to know how to deal with my nerves, how to be able to play in big occasions like, like I have done. And it's only with experience that you learn how to deal with that. And I think the more I get exposed to big situations where we're playing in semi-finals, uh, finals, that, that I'm going to know how to deal with it. And I'm lucky enough to have the experiences that I already have, even at such a young age. Have you got any superstitions before a game? Um, I don't actually. Um, I sort of, the night before a game, I do like to sort of, I, I sit there and sort of think about the game and just imagine me doing these unbelievable things and sort of picture myself doing that. That sort of gives me the confidence to to then do it the next day, to, to think about what, what I've thought about the night before. And I think that's the only thing I mainly do. Like when whenever I'm in the change rooms before the game, I don't think, right, I need to put on that left boot before I put on that right boot. If not, I'm going to have a rubbish game. Like that doesn't really come to my head. Um, yeah, I don't I don't do anything in particular. Do you ever sit and think of the little girl who got turned away from the centre of excellence to start with? The little eight-year-old Lauren and think, cool, I wish I could go back and tell her where I'm going to be in, in 12, 12 years. That's such a short amount of time for, for that journey to have taken place. Do you wish you could say to her, it's going to get good? Yeah, one thing I'd like to tell her is to get her fringe away as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like sometimes I think of that obviously it's not always in my head but like I think that's something obviously that setback like we talked about earlier that's something that's grown me into the player that I am today and it it is always important to think about things like that setbacks and injuries that you've had that that sort of make you think look you you won't get to play football for the rest of your life um like you'll only be able to do it for the next 10 years or whatever so make sure you absorb every occasion enjoy it all and just go out and do your best and I think that's one of the main things I think about because I have had injuries in the past and I know like how hard it is to not be able to play the game you love doing so I think just I'm very fortunate to be able to go out every week and and be able to do it because some people can't and I've experienced that so it's nice to think about that as well and be fortunate to be able to play. And as you say, it is a short industry in comparison to most industries, isn't it? Playing football. And you talked earlier about potentially moving into coaching. I know you're only 20. You've got years ahead of you. But is that something that you would think about down the line? Would you want to come back to Norwich even? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not saying no to anything at this point in time. Like, at the moment, like, my site after football is set on being a coach. And, like, basically, Jill Scott, she's a coach in herself as well at the moment and I go and do some soccer schools with her as well and sort of be a coach I mean I'm not quite as good as her I've got the experience as her but I'd like to think in a few years time I might and it's nice to get those little experiences as well and opportunities to sort of start my coaching journey I'm actually doing an online uni degree in sports coaching and development and so it's all online like sort of pick and choose when when I want to do it which I don't often (laughs) want to do uni work but it's nice to sort of have that and yeah like I'd like to go into coaching when I'm older and it's nice having sort of 
Jill, the more experienced players sort of feeding that information to me on how I can be a better coach and sort of after football, because obviously, like you said, the industry is only short term and it's not going to last forever. So I'd like to carry that on and sort of have that passion and love for the game even after playing. It's impossible to predict, Lauren, but where do you see yourself doing that? Do you think, okay, well, I'll, I'll stay up in Manchester. I like it here. Are you, are you a Norfolk girl and think, actually, I do miss home? Where, where do you see sort of future, Lauren? Um, I'm not sure really. Like, there's parts of Manchester I like. There's parts of, I even used to love being in Bristol, like the city centre, the life there. And like, I love the countryside. They're like three different places. Like Manchester's such like a city centre, sort of busy all the time, whereas... Norfolk, Norwich is a more sort of where I'm from, countryside area. So I'm not sure. It, like, I always think to myself, where do I think I'll be? And, and it's hard to sort of think where I'll actually be, like whether it will be coaching in the city or will it be back to where I come from? Like, it'd be nice to experience that, but it just sort of ends like... It's, it's a long way away. I wouldn't worry too hard about <laughs> it at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> But what, what does Norwich mean to you, Lauren? Um, it means a lot. Like, it's where I grew up, where I'm from. Like, they've done a lot for me when I was younger. There's They've given me a clear pathway on how I can achieve what I want to do and sort of set me off in my journey to be a professional footballer. So I do love Norwich as a city and, and, and they've done a lot for me. Like, the city in general is a nice place to be around there's some nice places to go like I live right near a beach so I go down there walk the dog with my mum and dad and it's always nice to come back because it just it's just really nice to catch up with my friends and and family and like I do love Norwich as a city so it's always nice to go back. You get recognised quite a bit when you come back. Um, Sometimes like I actually got like Someone's seen me in a fish and chip shop, <laughs> which probably isn't the best place to be noticed. Um, but yeah, it was one of the girls from North Horsham uh, Girls Football Club and sort of she then told some of her friends and then a few of her friends came as well. So I did get spotted in the fish and chip shop, which um, I mean is a good thing, I guess, but probably was better off in like a healthy food restaurant yeah, it's nice to know that you occasionally can treat yourself to fish and chips as well <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and it was my time off so it was a good time to get it I guess but you don't have to make any kind of excuse it's fine <laughs> yeah we all we are all allowed to eat some unhealthy foods sometimes um but no like sometimes I do get spotted like when I went home uh quite a while ago I got spotted on the services so like sometimes I get spotted um I, to be honest I'd rather not because then I'm more interested I'm like right I better do my hair before I come out to the <laughs> services and then you have to think more about what you look like so <laughs> I mean it's nice to be recognized but at the right times to be on the front page of the EDP Lauren Hemp snapped in fish and chip shop <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it means you're obviously a real hero to some of the local girls around here who have got aspirations to follow in your footsteps that must be a great feeling you talked about the guys who you play with who were your heroes that's now you to some of the young girls around here yeah it is weird to think that like I'm a role model to younger people like when I look up to my role models like people I play with like it's crazy to think that people are looking up to me and, and wanting to be like me and 
like it's nice to know that people do look up to me because like I'd like to be a role model I'd like to for young girls to be like I want to be like Lauren Hemp when I'm older like it's nice to know that and like it's also nice to do things like Q&A's things like that where I get to tell the kids like what it takes to be a professional footballer and what does it take Lauren? Well like when they say to me like what one piece of advice would you give like all I say really is like you've got to work hard it doesn't matter how much talent you have like if you don't work hard if you don't believe in yourself then it's not going to come true like your dreams of being a professional footballer aren't going to come true if you don't put the work in and like people work long nights wake up early make sacrifices like I made a sacrifice when I was 16 of moving away from home like you do need to make some sacrifices sometimes if if you really want to be a professional footballer and like it doesn't matter how much talent you've got you've got to put that work in and I think that's the main thing that I live by is the one percents that are going to make you better whether that's eating an apple instead of a chocolate bar or going in an ice bath instead of a normal bath it's it's those little things that are going to help you achieve what you want to do and, and help you to become a professional footballer Oh, that is a very inspiring way to end it on. Thank you so much, Lauren. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on All In Yellow podcast and all the best for the rest of the season as well. Thank you, Lauren. It's been great oh, to speak. No worries. Thank Lauren, you you're soon. a star. Thank you so much. So good to speak to Lauren Hemp there, one of Norwich's biggest stars. And you get the feeling, don't you, Dan, that there's still so much more to come from her already. Twice PFA Young Player of the Year. Amazing. At 20. Yeah, it's brilliant. We knew Lauren while she was here at the Community Sports Foundation and we knew she was destined for big things, but she's really achieved some of them quite early. So it's it's wonderful to see her doing well and it was really great to catch up with her. Yes, it really was. Make sure you subscribe if you want more podcasts like that one. We're on Spotify, Apple and YouTube. Just search All In Yellow. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>